Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents the Honorable Judge Dan Jacobs. No, it sounds funny, but I just can't stand the pain. Girl, I'm leaving you tomorrow. Sunday morning. It's the easy, like, Sunday morning edition. It's the Father's Day edition of the Dan Jacobs Show. Welcome in, everybody. It's Father's Day. It's off to a great start. Appreciate y'all listening. Ty Fuji behind the glass. How are you, Ty? Doing good. Doing good. Feeling good. I met your uh, I met your father this weekend. Yeah, uh, Monday night. Like, night's the night the Nuggets won. Yeah, we were at the watch party, the official watch party for the fan. Over at the Highlands Ranch, old Chicago. Met your whole family. Met your mom. Met your dad. Yeah, the only one you didn't meet was my brother. That's because he was downtown. You guys are, that's a dangerous family because you're, you guys run a uh, dojo, martial, yep. or martial arts studio, dojo. And your mom's a martial artist. Your dad's a martial artist. You're a martial artist. Your brother's a martial artist. Yep. I'm going to have a hard time saying that, saying that word. Martial artist. If you, if you want to really enunciate like uh, William, William Carlson had to. Yeah, what 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 uh, discipline do you guys have? Do you teach? Uh, we we do all sorts. Um, um, so what we like to do, we like to bring a bunch of different styles and kind of amalgamate them yes. into a really applicable style. So my dad, uh, my dad loves judo. He used to uh, go a lot, go to a lot of classes down at the Buddhist temple. Yes. Uh, my brother is uh, di- has a lot of disciplines in uh, like MMA, uh, oh, the, okay. the, the jiu-jitsu, rolling, um, uh, boxing. And a lot of uh, you know Muay Thai stuff. Okay, my mom does a lot of general uh, self defense stuff, and I I do I do a lot of the weapon stuff. Yeah, your weapons, your weapons guy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, it was yeah. nice meeting him all. Yeah, yeah. The Fujis are the Fujis are good people. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, yeah, I, I thought so. I was very nice meeting them, nice seeing them down there. Did you wish your father a happy Father's Day so far today? Uh, I I I didn't. He was asleep. So well, I let me be first. In. Happy Father's Day, Mister Fuji. Even if Ty won't do it, I'll do it first. I beat you to the punch. How do you feel about that, Ty? How do you feel about that? <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't want to wake him up. I'm like, I'm like, I'll let him sleep in on Father's Day. Yeah, well, I beat you. I, be, I wish your father's a, uh, a Father's Day first. So there you go. You want to do it now? Do you want to do it? You want to be second to the, you know, second? Happy Father's Day, Dad. There Love you go. Know. All right. Well, we're off to a good start. Now. I, I, I actually got off to a good start. I was up early uh, drafting a motion. It's been bothering me. I just, I, I don't know, Zimbabwe's out, out there like that, like, just, it bothers you, and I just, certain things get going, and just goes in your brain like a circular thing, you know, and so I just had, well, I wanted to get it done. So I got up, I started working on this motion, it was like 6 a.m., and then my lovely wife, Kimberly, from 303 Law of 4040, she starts cooking me my favorite breakfast. If, if you follow me on Twitter, at Dan T. Jacobs Law, I posted a picture. She made me my favorite breakfast, which is biscuits and gravy. And, uh, you know, fresh biscuits, you know, handmade drop biscuits with the fresh sausage gravy. Just put a little bacon in there, a nice egg. And it was really nice. I'm doing the motion. Got that done. It's it's done. 
Got to draw a lawsuit up later today. Suppose we could wait, but I'm hosting tomorrow. I'm hosting because uh, tomorrow's a Juneteenth holiday, so I'll be hosting two to excuse me, ten to two. Matt Smith will be hosting tomorrow, two to two to six. Um, so he'll be on after me. By the way, I thought it was funny. Matt Smith was hosting with Kyle Reese, and of course, I listened to that on the way in. And they're talking. They're like, "Well, Coach, what are you going to be doing?" He's like, "Well, I'm going to be in the basement." And he says, uh, well, what's that mean? He says, well, I'll be taking a nap. That's dad code. Because to my knowledge, uh, Matt Smith does not have any children that, he's, that he talks about. And so he's like, oh, he's all taking a nap. And he says, yeah, you have to do, you do the show with me. Yeah, you're going to need to take a nap. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. You know, Kyle's like, absolutely. He says, well, and here's what I like that Matt says. Yeah, you do the show with me for two hours. What do you think it's like living with me? Like, you know, Matt's like, I'm with me all the time. It's, it's exhausting. It wears me out. Being me wears me out. And I thought that was funny. Was that? But they're doing a good show. Uh, enjoy listening to that every Sunday morning, 8 to 10 a.m. So it was uh, good listening to them. They're going to have a fun uh, Father's Day. So it's been fun so far. I had a nice breakfast. Got some work done. And then, of course, we're here with you until 1 p.m. So here's a little rundown for the day. Coming up in about 15 minutes, Zach Bye. He's been living the dream. He's been all over the place. He's been on CNN multiple times. He's all over ESPN radio. He's doing all these national uh, radio and television appearances. And he made time for the little man. Just like us, man. You and me, Ty. He carved out some time. I I got a hold of his press people. And I said, is there any chance for this little weekend show on on the station in Denver, we can get some time with Zach Pye? And he made it work. and, And Zach said, yeah, I know Dan. I've known Dan for years. I'm not going to forget about the little people. I'll make some time on Father's Day for Dan. And so I think that's awesome. So uh, we're going to get a hold of Zach. Bye. Coming up in about 15 minutes. And then later in the show, my old friend from ESPN Radio in Las Vegas, Steve Cofield. Man, so we're going we're gonna to kind of talk about <laughs> these parades. Are they not getting a little bit out of control? Now, we got to – listen, they've always been crazy, right? You got Tom Brady – doing his thing a couple years back with Tampa. And and the praise have always been a little bit, you know, that they're a party. That's what they're meant to be. They're a party. And then, you know, later Tom Brady, you know, throwing the, the, the trophy from boat to boat, things like that in Tampa Bay. And then last year it was fun because it was like, A, Bed C got really emotional because he'd been, you know, pre-gaming quite a bit. But then this year it seems like the Nuggets – they're going like super over top, you know, like like Malone just like he was like Betsy, like oh no, I'm not letting Betsy get away with this. Like I'm doing whatever he did, I'm going like level ten. Like Malone's just like woo, hold my beer, Betsy, and he was a sight to behold. All of this is all in good fun, of course. And then the Nuggets jump on a plane to Las Vegas, and then you got you know they party, you know they hit it hard in Las Vegas. And they throw it down hard in Las Vegas. And then, uh, of course, there's the Bruce Brown video of, like, what did Jokic do to me? The Joker laid me out. I don't know what's going on. And then, of course, last night, I don't know if you saw some of the videos, the Vegas Golden Knights in Las Vegas tore it up. And I didn't get to see all of it. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, Steve Cofield, like, I don't know if he saw what the Nuggets did. And he can give us a little comparison on what the, um, 
you know, Avalanche, or excuse me, the Avalanche, the Golden Knights versus the Nuggets, you know, did in Sin City. I, I'm, here's what I'm guessing happened with the Golden Knights. Given that Las Vegas is a city that is, you know, basically, it's basically like at this time of year, it's kind of like living on the surface of the sun. So you can't really have a parade, I'm guessing, in the middle of the day because, you know, you're going to be scorching hot. Like you can walk around. Here's the, here's the way you hit the strip. And my wife and I actually like doing this. We like walking the strip when we go out there. But, you know, you walk a little bit, then you, you duck into an air-conditioned facility. You don't want to be out in taking in a parade for two or three or four hours at a time. Your skin will melt off. You're going to, you know, crisp up like a lobster in the oven or whatever. Lobster, well, lobsters don't really go in the oven, do they? Lobsters go in a pot. Yeah, I guess maybe. But, you know. Something going in the oven, you're, you know, your skin's going to melt off. So that's not the way you do Las Vegas. So what I'm assuming happened, because everything I saw last night, because there was the one guy, Carlson, who's like just, and I, I haven't even seen the words he was speaking. I just saw, you know, like something comes up in your Twitter feed and you can see the video rolling and I didn't hear it because when I was watching it last night, my, my wife was already in bed. And... Which, by the way, I'm noticing this phenomenon now, now that we're older. And I'm 45, he's 46 years old, I'm not that old. But it's like 10, 30, 11 o'clock, you're like, uh, might as well be 2 or 3 in the morning, right? You're like, oh, man, it's really late, I better be careful, I don't want to listen to something with the sound on too late, I don't want to wake up the wife, <laughs> it's so late. Meanwhile, the teenager's upstairs making snacks, dogs running around. It's kind of crazy how things change in your life at a certain time. I was talking about it yesterday. Doing a show from, used to be I'd be up at 2 a.m. Now, you know, I did the show Monday night into Tuesday morning with DMAC to celebrate the Nuggets victory. 2 to 6 a.m. It's like, man, I got hit in the face with a sledgehammer the next day. Couldn't handle it. But anyway, so I'm like watching these videos and I couldn't even tell who the lady was, but Carlson is up there just crazy hammered. I know it looked like Eminem doing a rap, and you could tell he's just completely snockered. And it looked like some lady with a backpack was just like, dude, get the mic away from this guy. And they're like, no, let him go. Like, completely out of control. So what I assumed happened, and I'll ask Steve Cofield about this. It's, it's just like the problem with having a Monday night game or a Tuesday night game, a, a late night football game. The Golden Knights had all day to pregame. And pregame is just a fancy way to say get drunk, right? So they're all day, they're pregaming, they're getting liquored up, and then the party goes off, and then they're completely, completely hammered by the time, you know, they're giving their speeches. And the microphone, so giving them the microphone, probably not the greatest idea. But no, I did I did find that funny. Um, I did find that funny that the, the Nuggets actually jumped a plane to Las Vegas. Let's see what this is here. Um, Ty, this one's for you. I don't have any martial. This is on the RamosLaw.com text line. I don't have any martial arts training, but I saw the Karate Kid, so I feel like I'm pretty much an expert. Honestly, if I didn't pull a hamstring when I was making a cup of coffee, I'd be Karate Kicking right now. Then he's got a picture of the crane kick. Uh, you know what's funny is I did teach my daughter, my five year old daughter, the crane kick this week. It came up. She was we were playing some game and. 
She she we were, we were playing teacher. She was teaching me how to dance. She was playing dance teacher, dance teacher, and so I was doing the crane kick. Because honestly, what other moves do I have? And she has no idea. This concept is completely foreign to her. And so she was. It was like, Dan, it's your turn to teach the class. And so I was teaching the class how to do the crane kick. And so then she didn't understand what it was. So then I pull up on YouTube, Daniel doing the crane kick. Get him, Johnny, get him. And then he does it, and then she loves it. You know, we watched it two or three times, and then now she's doing the crane kick. It's a beautiful thing. It's a timeless thing. I was also watching the ending of the uh, Edward Norton version of the Incredible Hulk movie with her, and she liked that. Just Just the last few minutes, she liked it. Fun times. It's Father's Day. Fun times with the uh, with the uh, five year old. So hey, it's Father's Day. We're gonna uh, get to a break here. Catch up with Zach. Bye. But you, you got good things for Father's Day. I find it's a common thing here. I'm seeing it on the social medias. It's Father's Day. The wives are going out. The daughters are going out and getting the foodstuffs. But you're still cooking. So if you want to show us what you're cooking, or maybe your wives are cooking for you, I've been the beneficiary. Wives, my wife made me. My lovely wife Kimberly made me a beautiful breakfast this morning. You want to share something special about your father? You want a special something uh, uh, something special about Father's Day? Go ahead, get in on the RamosLaw.com text line or follow me on Twitter at Dan T Jacobs Law. Today is your day, fathers. Share something special about your father or about your Father's Day. Get in the action. He's a father. He's a father two times over now. I think he's got two under three or four years old. It's Zach By coming up next. Taking a break from laying down the law in the courtroom to lay down the law in the sports world. Here's Judge Dan Jacobs on Denver's Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. Go out to the hotline. Zach By joins us. Zach By, happy Father's Day. Thank you, Dan. Happy Father's Day to you, man. Uh, and happy Father's Day to all the, the dads out there that, that do it the right way. I remember you, your first Father's Day. And I think actually you, actually the baby hadn't been born yet. And the Rockies were good. And you're just like, yeah, I just want to dial myself in and watch the Rockies. Is that what you're planning today, Zach? Um, I have a money line uh, bet with the uh, Atlanta Braves uh, to just win last night with a, uh, an MMA money line winner. So, yeah, I'll have my eye on it. I hope you weren't trying to patronize the Rockies. I absolutely <laughs> will be watching the Rockies, Dan. You won't be? I was kidding. Yes, I was kidding. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll have my eye. I'll have my eye on that. I won't. I won't sit down and watch the game, um, but I'll have my eye on it along with uh, uh, golfing head to head wagers that I have locked in. So a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And you know what I was thinking about doing today, Dan? It's uh, going over to the uh, uh, race course uh, for the first time. I've never been over there. Watch the ponies run. Um, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see if that comes to fruition. Yeah, that's a good time, and you'll like that because you can – because when you're betting the ponies, I mean, no money. Like, it's just you, – you do all sorts of little different bets for, you know, a dollar here, dollar – you know, it's like really a lot of – lots of action with no money on the line. And, you know, if you hit, it's good. It's, it's, it's a really, really good time. And it's in my backyard. You know, I can hear the announcer when I'm mowing my lawn. 
So, so this is crazy. I, I just came to the realization within the last hour that it is 12 minutes from my house. Yeah. And my, my, my happy place in the whole world, like if, if the whole world is my oyster and I could be anywhere in the world, it would be at Saratoga race course in upstate New York, the, uh, the oldest race course in the country. And every day for about a 45 day stretch, there's anywhere between 15,000 and 40,000 people and everyone gets dressed up and you punch all those bets and everyone's having cocktails and uh, smoking cigars and you can sit inside, outside, and it is a hoot and a half. And uh, so I, I love that scene and um, we'll see if I can get maybe a, a taste, uh, just a taste of what uh, Arapahoe has to offer. It's not going to be what I'm used to, but just a taste uh, to let the whistle dance. Sure, absolutely. Now, just to get a little serious on you for a little bit, because we, we're a little more introspective on this show um, than maybe some of the other shows. For example, you big-time host during the week. Uh, what is this, your fourth Father's Day? Um, yeah, yeah, it is. It is my fourth Father's Day. I guess I think you were right. Uh, my son was, is, was born July 22nd, so, yeah, this would be number four. And, and um, I guess I would have been Rocky. I, I guess I would have been watching the Rockies back in 2018, right before he was born. It's good memory. And uh, so, how's it been for you? Now you're, you're four Father's Day deep into this experience. Talk to me about what it's been for you. Ooh, um, greatest thing ever. I mean, just start. Always wanted to be a dad. Like I remember when I was in second, third grade and, and seven and eight years old, I would always like to maybe be in charge of, you know, a baby while a mom went and ran an errand or something at like a picnic or something. I, and, and I always, always just loving little kids and babies, especially. Um, so I always knew I wanted to be a dad and, um, I get to be a version of a dad that I didn't have. Um, that's 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 probably uh, uh, the best part. Yeah. Well, it's weird you say that too because you do take care of a big baby. You know, at least three hours a day every you know Monday through Friday, right? Right, he acts like an only child on a dad. <laughs> Fred is Stokely, everybody. <laughs> oh, man, no. Come on, Stoke. Hey, uh, speaking of daddies and all this stuff, were you surprised? Because we do have an article on denversports.com. Um, you know, M Malone made his comments about, hey, I'm retiring. But then also the Nuggets uh, TV broadcaster, Vic Lombardi, he's a friend of ours and everything. But the the Lakers daddy comment, I, it was funny. I, it was a little surprising uh, to me. You, you have thoughts on that? Um, not too many, no, uh, really. Um, I, I saw it. Um, you know, sometimes you can get in the moment and excited. Uh, which I think that's 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 what it was, and it's it's hard to actually it's not hard it's impossible to understand what type of moment that was for for him up there in front of you know half a million people, and he got excited and um, said what he said. Uh, look, I, I would like to think if I was in that, you know, would, would that be something I would go to? No, but. I'm not in that position. Um, so, and, 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 and Vic, unlike me is, you know, gotten 
by the Lakers since, you know, the 1970s, you know, so um, that's, you know, whatever. That's, 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 that's what I think. I don't think it's a big deal. It's whatever. Um, I mean, the fact that we're debating what someone said at a parade, uh, times are pretty good around here. Yeah. So talk to you about the parade. You had a great time down there. People talking about your social media, how excited you were to be down there. Kind of another, you've had just like a nice run of once in a lifetime experiences. What I've kind of said about it is it's been real cool to see a buddy kind of live in his dreams come true in front of our very eyes. And you've just had a lot of these great experiences um, that you've, I know you've appreciated every step along the way because you've told us about it. You've allowed us to live this, your story along with you um, every step along the way. Talk to us about it, man. Yeah, man, it, it, I mean, what a month. Um, it, it's just been so insane. Like, I, I think we, um, you know, I, I'm guilty of it too. Like, you know, use words like, you know, magical or insane and stuff like that. But all of those words apply to this last month. Um, and you're asking me my own perspective. Um, it's been, um, a dream come true. I mean, truly, I, it, like I am a basketball guy at heart. Now I love football. I mean, I, you know, I may, I may enjoy watching an NFL football game more than any other, uh, sporting, uh, uh, you know, from a viewership standpoint, um, maybe it's close. Um, but basketball has just always been the one a for me and, you know, I I fell in love with the game um, when I was uh, a preteen, and then addicted as a teenager. Um, and that addiction never left as playing. I mean, I, I, I mentioned this um, to someone at the parade. Like, no joke, man. Like when I was from age fourteen through no, maybe like thirteen through like twenty five. If I didn't play basketball for two straight days, I legitimately felt anxious, like like almost like a physical anxiety um, because I was just obsessed with it, and I was obsessed with getting better, and I worked my butt off when no one was watching, and um, I just, I was just, like, I'll never love anything in this life um, as much as I love being on the court playing the game of basketball. And then in my 20s, I started to transition to the sports media thing while still playing and, you know, got to be the voice of, of a division one university. And that was just like the biggest deal. I got that job when I was young, when I was like 24 years old, that's there's only 350 division one schools in the entire country. And the fact that I was one of the voices of one of those, by the time I was 24 years old, it was a dream come true. And the team I was covering at the time ended up going to three NCAA tournaments in like a four year span. And it, it, I didn't think it could get any better than that. Um, and then transitioning by the time I'm turning 30, getting this job out here, um, it was a new phase and I had to leave that life behind. Like I would have, you know, there was a, Dan, I was being told um, by most people who was like aware of, of like my career at the time that my, my future was going to be in play by play and game day broadcasting. I was further ahead in that field than I was in like open mic radio that you're doing here this afternoon, but I get the job at the fan and I have to leave. And I actually asked them, they wanted me, uh, the program director at the time, Armin Williams wanted me, um, in Denver in like, like, like January, February. And I was like, look, I've been, I've been the voice of this team now for, this is my sixth season. Will you let me finish this season and finish what I started? And he said, yes. 
and I wrapped up that last game in the postseason. They ended up not making it to the NCAA tournament. I had my 30th birthday party that doubled as a goodbye party, and I moved to Denver. And one of the first things that I um, started doing when I moved to Denver was get credentialed for the Nuggets and start going to the Nuggets game. And, and, and at the time, and I've told the story on the podcast, but I'll, I'll just reset it here. At the time, and you know this acutely, Dan, is that you know the Broncos were just cleaning up the confetti of, of, of Super Bowl 50. And our station model at the time was basically all Broncos all the time. And it worked. Our ratings were dominant. I mean, I mean, we, we see them, right? Like, I hear about, you know, I hear from big program directors on Twitter. We actually see the ratings. And so when we went to that model, it, it was working so well that it was like, hey, if you want to talk nuggets for an extended period of time, then you can start a podcast. And that's exactly what I did. Now, over the years, that model has changed, and, and rightfully so. We, you know, we sort of mold with the times and are fluid with the times. Um, because we're a business, we're trying to win. We're not some altruistic, you know, virtuoso radio station. We're trying to win. We're trying to get ratings and sell advertising. And so we've changed over the years, but, but that's where we were when I first came to Denver. It was like in 2017, the, if you wanted a Nuggets ticket, you could wait 10 minutes before tip-off and pay 15 bucks, 10 bucks to get in the building. You could sit in the lower bowl for under $50 if you just hung out at Brooklyn, and then half of the stadium would be full of the other team's jerseys. And, and watching this team evolve and grow and create this arc that was like, oh, my gosh, this went from a band that was becoming cool to a band that was selling out Red Rocks. And I watched it. I watched it. I watched it when, you know, it was, you know, Gary Harris and, like, you know, these, these other guys that, would, you know, we thought were going to be a part of the core. Um, and, and to see it all, and I know I'm going on here about like my basketball, like journey and stuff, but you know, the, the passion that I felt in upstate New York calling games at that division one level professionally, um, that passion is sort of like it got unplugged with an outlet and another outlet plugged into that same space. Um, and, and it was replaced by this Nuggets team, by covering this Nuggets team, by following this team. And it's, um, it's been, it's been storybook, man. It's been storybook. I know I could probably keep going and going. I'll, I'll shut up because I've already talked too long, but that's, that's, that's the evolution of, of me and my basketball journey of, of falling in love as a player, becoming obsessed with trying to get a full scholarship um, because I probably was not going to be able to afford college and, and just not quitting in that department and finally getting it and then transitioning to a broadcaster thinking it was as good as it got calling games at the division one level, getting this job and then somehow surpassing anything that I've ever done by following this team's entire arc. I showed up at the perfect time to follow it from, from almost start, start to finally the finish. And it's just been, um, there's been nothing else like it. There's been nothing else like it. And I'm just so happy um, that I got to um, experience all of it every step of the way. You know, well, I want to ask you about something because it's, it's kind of related. Um, I was raised by my grandfather, and it's apropos, this is Father's Day, right? He was a huge basketball guy. He grew up in Kentucky, wound up playing for Western Kentucky for the Hilltoppers. So I was raised big basketball guy. That's why I'm a big Nuggets fan, um, big University of Kentucky fan. But he always, this was before my time, he always told me about how great Bill Walton was. And he always told me 
man, if he hadn't been hurt, he would have been maybe the greatest center of all time. So I always had that bias in my brain. And we're having these discussions now with Nikola Jokic and like George Call, for example, is putting him ahead of Larry Bird in certain categories. And I'm and I've been bristling like, hey, dude, not yet, not yet. Those conversations are for down the road. But last night I watched the four hours of Bill Walton and I had always had Bill Walton on this pedestal because of my grandpa. That was part of my journey. But then I started watching this critically, the clips of. You know, all that other stuff wasn't that fascinating to me with Bill Walton because I had heard it before, but I was watching, trying critically his play. And was it accurate with what I had always held him up to and trying to compare it with Jokic? And what my eyes were telling me last night was, yeah, had he been 100% healthy, to me, Jokic is better. Like, and, you know, we, we, we're, we always want to say the other, and they're not apples to apples because, you know, they're just different body types and different eras. I think Jokic is better. Like, Jokic's game, is he's not quite the rebounder that Bill Walton was and the shot blocker. Um, but all around, I would rather have a healthy Jokic over a healthy Bill Walton. Do you have any thoughts on it? It's interesting to me because it's part of my journey, and I just kind of had an epiphany last night. So I thought I'd share that with you and see if you had any thoughts. Yeah, I mean, Bill Walton is one of those stories of, you know, the ultimate what could have been. I mean, that was a guy who, like, in his third year in the league in Portland in the late 70s was averaging, like, 19 and 15, 19 and 14, um, and distributing the ball at a high level. Like, And that was the thing about Bill Walton that I've learned is that, like, ultimate team guy. Like, him and Jokic actually have that in common of, like, the ultimate, if there was the right play to be made, that's what Bill Walton was going to do. Um, so, but yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, and, 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 and uh, some of it is unfair because just, um, there's something to be said for the game itself evolving to such a place where it's, so it'd be, it's like comparing, you know, a computer in 2005 to a computer right now, um, technology sort of builds and folds onto itself to create that next thing. So I think that Jokic has the benefit of just being uh, a part of an NBA landscape that's more advanced than, than Bill Walton. Um, I mean, the game of basketball is rather young. Like, this is, like, we, we, we didn't even start giving out NBA Finals MVP until, like, the, the late 1960s, uh, where a game like, you know, baseball or even football had already been being played, you know, for, you know, 60, 70 years or whatever at that point. Um, so I, I did want to shoehorn that in as a preface. Um, at the same time, I agree. Of course, Nikola Jokic is a better player, no matter what you look at, than, than Bill Wallen. You could look at the raw numbers and come to that conclusion. You could look at advanced numbers that we do have retroactively for guys from the Bill Wallen era. You could look at um, uh, awards. Now having you know two regular season MVPs, you could look at um, statistical benchmarks like triple doubles. Jokic is 28 years old and is already sixth all time in triple doubles. And then you have the 1A player on a championship team um, now as the biggest feather in his cap. So no, I mean Bill Walton. With all due respect, not only do we not have a full career of Walton to to analyze and put side by side apples to apples. But what we do have is not comparable uh, either. Even his best days um, were, you know, not what Jokic is um, even these last couple of years, let alone this year in the brilliant postseason run. So with all due respect, and we're going to have a lot of these conversations, huh? 
I like that you're going down this road because we're going to have a lot of uncomfortable conversations here over the next couple of years. Uh, you mentioned the Larry Bird conversation. Um, it's too early for me for that one. Right. If Jokic wins another and it's finals MVP, I think it's not only in bounds, it's probably right at center court. But you just can't, you just can't, like, the closest thing from zero championships is one championship. You just can't win one and then shoot past Larry Bird and his three and his multiple MVPs uh, of the NBA Finals. Like, so uh, I'm trying to use wisdom with, with talking about this sort of stuff and have a measured approach and just calling it as I see it. Do I think that Jokic is better than Bill Wallen ever was? Of course, a thousand percent. Do I think he's better than Larry Bird? Not just yet, but the story is still very much being written because Dan, traditionally and historically, NBA players are not hitting their prime until they're about 27, 28 years old. Look at Jordan's career, for example. Look at LeBron's career. Like, it took years of failure. Both of those guys had reputations as not being able to win. <laughs> both Jordan and LeBron. And now they're probably, or not probably, they're both in the top three all time, uh, in my opinion. Um, so the fact that Jokic already has two regular season MVPs, a finals MVP, um, and, and then even before he got an MVP, Jokic back in 2019 was first team All-NBA. Carmelo Anthony is going to do a back flip into the Hall of Fame. Tony Parker is going to do a front flip into the Hall of Fame. Those guys were never first team All-NBA. Hey. So Jokic is putting together a career that's um incredible last thing for you and now here's the next thing jake shapiro was on with us monday night tuesday morning uh, i think he said number definitely top five maybe number two all time because he has a ring and nobody else does jamal murray number two nugget all time now already or close to, or soon um yeah i mean i could go there in terms of the soon um the fact that be an all-star, win one championship, and shoot the second all-time, it's actually illustrative of the lackluster historical uh, nature of the Denver Nuggets, to be quite honest with you. Um, and I know a lot of people don't want to hear that. Um, well, but, yeah, I, well I don't know, dude. Like you said, uh, Kamalo Anthony, Hall of Famer, David Thompson was the best player in the league for like two or three years. Dan Issel, Alex English. I mean, there some of these guys, because they're older, are just not getting the respect that they deserve. And that's just, you know, it's a recency bias. So I think it's absurd to be right now. I mean, it's Tristan Brown. Well, Tristan Brown's got a ring. Or KCP, he's a starter. He got a ring. Is he better than Dan Issel or, or, or David Thompson? No. Come on. No, no, no. And 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 and, and I wasn't trying to be dismissive. Of no, I'm guys, not. I'm just but Dan, the, the, look, in the game of basketball, only five players play at once. If you're an all-time great player, your team should win. You're on the court for 40 or 48 minutes. It's not hockey, okay? It's not football. There's not 22 starters. There's not four lines. N- n- you know, Nathan McKinnon had, like, an average of, like, 21 minutes of ice time last year uh, per game. Uh, you know, these basketball players have the ball in their hands. So the Nuggets never won anything, Dan. Up until the last, last week, the only thing hanging in their practice facility was a banner for a divisional title. So – it, with, with all due respect to Dan Essel and David Thompson and Alex English, those guys were fantastic. They really were. They really were. But they weren't on the level of this team. They, they just they just weren't. So that's why I will hear the argument. You could disagree with it. I don't. I hey, hey time, listen. Dan Marino was awesome, but Matt Stafford and Trent Dilfer are better because they got championships. Zach is just right. They got the banner. Of course not. But basketball right. is different. 
different. Like you, you have an opportunity to dominate a basketball game when you're one of the five players that plays and you're an all-time great. That's why I think Will Chamberlain's overrated. People don't like hearing that either. He but is. if you are a super freak in an undeveloped NBA era and you're 6'11", and the average height of a center was 6'7", and you're seven foot and run like a gazelle, how come Jokic already has as many finals MVP as Will Chamberlain? Because in, in, the, in the game of basketball, that, 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 that's, why I, that's why I bristle a little bit that like people say Will's the greatest player of all time. What? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. When, when you're an all-time great player, you should win championships, plural. So uh, with all due respect to Issel, and the English, and all those guys, they were fantastic. Um, I, 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 I think that um, sometimes our proximity to those guys being in Denver um, is maybe a little bit uh, uh, inflated to how those same guys are viewed uh, in NBA history, uh, historically. So I like the argument about the Jamal. Is he second-best nugget? Maybe, maybe the answer is no, but I think finally it's worth having the conversation. All right, well, we're going to have it for sure. Thanks, Zach. Bye. Have a very happy Father's Day. Thank you for taking the time for us uh, little people here on The Fan. You've been a big time. You know, CNN, ESPN, all that stuff. But remembering your roots here with the Dan Jacobs Show. We really appreciate it, Zach. Bye. Dan, you are so sly. You're not even sly. You're just overt with it. Yes, uh, exactly. Of course, oh, I love coming on. I've always loved coming on. I love driving around on the weekends and listening to you. Uh, I think it's rare. It kind of sets our station apart that we're live even through the weekends. And love driving around, listening to you. Thank you for having me on. It's been a wild ride. Thank you for, for giving me some props about that ride. And, um, hey, I'll be back whenever you want me back on, uh, Mr. Jacobs. All right, brother. And you can sign my poster, my Zach Bye poster, next time you come in the studio. We appreciate it. <laughs> That'll be one ninety nine. <laughs> That's right. All right, Zach Bye. If you want to react to him coming up next, it's your opportunity. Give us a shout. Judge, jury, executioner. Okay, that got really dark fast. Now back to his honor, Judge Dan Jacobs on Denver's Sports Station, 1043. The Fan. Thanks to Zach Bye for joining the program. Your chance to react if you want to give the mix, 303-713-1043. Willie and Aurora says, Zach already charging for autographs with the laughing emoji. Yeah. No, he's kidding, of course. He's kidding. I always give Zach a hard time. I say, you know, I grew up with a Zach Bye poster on my wall when I was a kid because I listened to a show all the time. Dan, did Dan just say Stafford and Dilfer were better than Marino? He's kidding, right? Well, of course, I'm a big Dan Marino fan. Let's illustrate my point. Because this ridiculous notion, because that was the, the point that, so we had Jake Shapiro on when I was hosting with DMAC after the championship. This, this notion now that Jamal Murray, and listen, it's just a fun discussion. I'm not hating on Jamal Murray. We're all happy. We're all excited. But these are the types of discussions we have now. Where do you rank all time? And I think Jake Shapiro, and I don't want to mischaracterize what Jake said, but I believe if my memory serves me, he's top five now. Jamal Murray is nugget all time and maybe two, number two, which I think is absurd. I don't. 
you know, the top five, uh, and it's all be, and it's all simply based. He's he's got a ring, and to me, it's it's I don't want to say laughable because that's rude, but uh, Jamal Murray was not a. I don't even think would, there were some stats like he wasn't even a top thirty or forty or fifty or sixty player, whatever the stat was going into the playoffs in the league. Like, he just wasn't viewed that way. He's not. He's never even made an all-star team, I believe. Like, Zach By was the one that has continually said, guys like this, you know, guys like, guys that win championships, the, the second guy in the championship team are typically shoe-ins for the Hall of Fame. Jamal Murray's not even close. Carmelo Anthony, like, what, what did uh, Zach By say? He's going to do a waltz into the Hall of Fame. Jamal Murray's not even sniffing the Hall of Fame. Jamal Murray, you know, took a nosedive in, in, in the NBA Finals. In the Western Conference Finals, he averaged 33 points a game. In the NBA Finals, he averaged 21. In the Western Conference Finals, he averaged 55 points, or excuse me, 55% from the field. In the NBA Finals, he averaged 45%. You know, like, like he fell off a cliff. Now, to his credit, he realized he was struggling. And he his assist, I think, nearly doubled or went up significantly. So he was averaging 10 points, or excuse me, 10 assists a game because he realized I'm struggling. But do you know that could have been catastrophic for the Nuggets? Typically with this Nuggets team in the playoffs, but prior to the finals, if Jamal Murray had a tough game, they were going to lose. Like you always were going to get what they got out of Nikola Jokic. And if Jamal Murray, basically throughout Jamal Murray's, playoff, Jamal Murray's playoff history, and this is why he got the inconsistent label, and to me he hasn't even shaken it yet because he wasn't consistent in the finals. Just so you know, he fell off in the finals. We won, and so we'll gloss over that for now. It'll be a discussion for later. But he did not play he did not have a great finals by his standards, even judging by the standards he set in the previous round where he averaged 33 points a game and shot 55% from the field. And in the next round, he averaged 21 points a game. That's not a top five in franchise history performance. I mean, we were talking about before the finals started how how bad, you know, that would that would kind of stink for Jamal Murray because if he had the same numbers he had in the Western Conference Finals, he still wouldn't be the finals MVP. Like, he could average 33 points a game and, like, seven rebounds and not be the finals MVP because it was going to be Nikola Jokic no matter what. Because that's how good Nikola Jokic is. But he didn't have anywhere close to that. He really fell off. And if they were facing any other team than this, you know, Miami Heat team, that's not to diminish what the Nuggets did. It's awesome. We're all riding the high of it. But to say simply because he got a ring, and that's and and by the way, Jake's response was the same thing that um, you know Zach's response was. Well, he got a ring. So what? Everybody, there were five guys, and so Jake's response. I said, so did Christian Brown. Is he is he is he a, is he a Hall of Famer? Well, he, uh, Jamal Murray's a starter. Okay. Well, so was KCP. Is he better than? David Thompson? Is he better than Alex English, who I believe led the league in scoring? Led the NBA in scoring in the 1980s. 
But Jamal Murray's all of a sudden better than Alex English? Better than Dan Issel? Better than Carmelo Anthony? Better than David Thompson, who was the best player in the league? Jamal Murray? Come on, man. Somebody says 21 points a game isn't consistent. Consistency is this. Are you going to get the same every single night out of somebody, right? So, like, in the bubble when he's going for 50 points a game one night and then, you know, the next night you're getting 11 or 13. So, like, in the finals, okay, one game he's giving you 34 points and the next night he's giving you 15, and then he's giving you 14, and one night he's giving you 26. That's not consistent. You can't rely on that. It's not consistent. An average is not consistency. Averaging 33 points in one series and then 21 in another series, that's not consistent. 34 points in one game and 14 with 15 points in the next is not consistent. And throughout his tenure with the team, that's when they've gotten in trouble. When they've gotten in game sevens against the Spurs in Portland and they need him at home and he, he, he scores 13 and they're out of the playoffs. And he had done very well. He had had a couple of those inconsistent games up until the finals. Pretty Not in the Western, in the Western Conference finals outside of like one game. Very dominant. He was not dominant in the finals. Not by a long stretch. Not dominant at all. So, to just, it, it, it's it's putting blinders on. It's just pure recency bias homerism to just catapult him. I, I, I would say, dare say, even in the top five. Now, he'll get there. If, 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 he, if he stays healthy and finishes his career, he'll get there. 100%. He'll be in the top five, probably top two. But he's not there yet. Way too soon. That's that's the same thing as saying Nikola Jokic is better than Larry Bird. Larry Bird's top five all time in NBA. Nikola Jokic has has had one all time great season, three really good seasons. He's been the MVP twice, should be three times. One, oh my God, masterpiece season. This was his masterpiece season. Can he have more masterpiece seasons? Man, I hope so. It's going to be fun. That's what I'm looking for. Dan, we have to start looking at Jokic and Murray as the two best players in the Nuggets history. We have to. Everyone else has now looked at the best Americans um, ever to play for the Nuggets. Both of those two aren't. A Serbian and a Canadian walked into a bar, won a championship. The one-two punch is deadly. It is deadly. I'm not diminishing it. But let's not erase history. Overnight. Hey, coming up next, I do want to bring this to you because I know a lot of you didn't get a chance to listen to it yesterday. Had a good time catching up with our uh, friend Andrew Mason from DenverSports.com. We'll bring that to you next.